sermon tonight. <clears throat> I'm starting about three minutes earlier. You guys okay with that? <laughs> okay, I'll wait here for three more minutes. <laughs> All right, I want to read a scripture here real quick. It's uh, Psalm and 2. You know, I'm going to add in verse... Th- I'm going to add in verse 3 as well. So Psalm chapter 9, verses 1 through 3, listen to this. It says, I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonders. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. My enemies turn back, they stumble and perish before you. Notice that they perish and stumble before us. After we give God praise. So I want to read it one more time. I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonders. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. My enemies turn back, they stumble and perish before you. Let's let's stand and go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you for everything you've given us. We give you praise tonight as that scripture says. Lord, we not only rejoice and are glad in you, but Lord, we come and we give you praise for you're the Lord most high. We thank you, Lord, that you're the one that does mighty things and your wonders are beyond our comprehension and understanding. We want to give you praise tonight. We want to give you worship. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. If y'all want to continue to stand, that's fine. If y'all want to sit down, that's good too. But we're going to worship. Father, we ask that you would just release your power, Lord, in this place. Father, we ask that you just have your way, God, and move through this sanctuary in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I see that you are drawing a line in the sand. I want to be standing on your side, holding your hand. So let your kingdom come. Let it live in me. This is my prayer. This is my plea. Father, I see that you are drawing a line in the sand. I want to be standing on your side, holding your hand. So let your kingdom come. Let it live in me. This is my prayer. This is my plea. Let the worshipers arise. Let the sons and the daughters see. Surrendering my all, I surrender to the King. And Father, I hear it growing louder. The song of your redeemed as the saints of every nation are awakening to sing. And from our heart there comes an anthem. Oh, hear the heavens ring. This is our song. Song to our King, let the worshipers arise. Let the sons and the daughters sing. Yes. 
when you come. So pour on your spirit, we love to be near you, oh God. When you come, come like a rushing wind. Come like the fire again. Come like a burning flame. presence oh God when you come so pour out your spirit we love to be near you oh God when you come with our hands to the heavens alive in your presence oh God when you come so pour out your spirit we love to be near you oh God when you come
His Father, Spirit, and Son, the Lion and the Lamb, the Lion and the Lamb. How great is our God. Sing with me. blessings that you've given us your grace that you bestowed on us your love that you pour out on us your kindness that you give us father I'm reminded of when Moses was in the cleft as you pushed him in the cleft of the rock and you said all my goodness is going to pass before you and Lord you said you are abounding in love and slow to anger that is who you are. You are great. You are great, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody said, Amen. You may be seated. Well, good evening. <clears throat> Man, I'm having one of those throat things. I don't think it's from the wind or what. A couple announcements I didn't get to make. I wanted to make them before I get in the message tonight. We are in the book of James, so if you'll go to the book of James, James uh, chapter 5, or James chapter, yeah, James chapter 5, I'm sorry. But uh, 
Um, just a couple reminders about uh, um, our youth group um, is every Wednesday night. It's 630. And then our men's breakfast is coming up January 20th. I didn't make that announcement this morning, so I wanted to make it now. That's at 830 here at the church. Um, and then also February 3rd is the uh, men's Bible study, which is here at the, in the fellowship hall, which is at 830 as well. And then Heart to Heart's coming up January 16th at 6 o'clock. Jamie Rudd will be speaking with Leanna Hart singing. And then uh, Prime Timers, there's no meeting in December, and I remember that from this morning. And, and you said that well, you guys are going to adjust that as you go, right, for the 27th. You're going to stick with the 27th, Okay. And then some of the other things. Now, here's the wonderful thing. I had a young man this morning that got saved back in October or November, Robert, and he wants to get baptized. So I've just left the water in there. So next Sunday, he's going to get baptized. So, yeah, praise the Lord. Hey, that's a clap offering. And, and I got a chance to talk with him. He went out on work and in business, and that's why he was gone for a little bit. But I'd asked him, I said, is that the first time you've ever gotten saved? And he goes, ah, it was actually the first time that he's actually ever given his heart to Jesus. So praise the Lord. I'm excited about that. All right, you guys ready to get into the word tonight? <clears throat> oh, Jesus, clear my throat. <clears> throat. Oh, okay, it's not coming. I'll come up there. So I, I, we're still in the series, Faith in Motion, part 10. Uh, we're in James chapter 5, verses 1 through 12, and words have consequences. Now, we've read these verses before, but I want to read them again. Um, and so... Uh, Let's start in verse 7 tonight. We're going to start in verse 7, and then we're going to end in verse 12 here. But we're focusing mostly on verse 12 tonight. So uh, start with me in verse 7 of chapter 5, James chapter 5. It says, Be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, and how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against each other, brothers, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Above all, my brothers, do not swear, <clears throat> not by heaven or earth or anything else, let your yes be yes and your no, no, or you will be condemned. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you for this beautiful night. We thank you for this time that we've come together to sing about your greatness and who you are, to learn from your word, and, and Lord, to help us to put it into practice. Yeah, Father, I pray that as we study and we learn about our words, about keeping our word and letting our yes be yes and our no, no, Lord, help us to do that. I know that in my own life, I haven't always been faithful at that, and I know others the same. Help us to follow in your footsteps, Jesus. Help us to take your word and take it to heart. Lord, as your vessel tonight, speak through me. I can do nothing apart from you. Let it be the demonstration of your Spirit's power at work tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. So, <clears throat> faith in motion. First of all, we looked in the first six verses about the rich, how God was dealing with the rich, if you remember that, how James is dealing with those that are rich. He's not saying it's wrong to be rich. He's just saying what you should do with the riches. How many of you guys remember this? Uh, you're, you're supposed to take your riches. If, if you are rich, you're to bless the poor. You're to, you're to be uh, generous with the giftings and the stuff that God's given you. How many of us know that everything that we have comes from who? God. <clears throat> Even the very clothes that we wore tonight come from God. Some people don't have clothes. 
That was a word of warning. So God gives a warning through James to that church on not to put their faith in their riches. The, the next thing that we had looked at recently is he gives words of encouragement. And that was, you can look in verse 7 about the Lord coming. Be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. How many of us are being patient for Jesus to come back? And we're seeing things get worse and worse, right? Wax, waxing worse and worse. Uh, they're calling good evil and evil good. And it's getting worse. I mean, it's pretty sad when I can't watch a, 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 a nice Christian video and then the commercials come on and show two gay guys kissing. I mean, I'm sorry, but that's the society that we're in today. And I have to cover my girls' eyes and I close your eyes and then kind of peek to make sure that the video is done before you can get back to watching the Christian program. That's on it, watching a Christian program and that happening. So he says, be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. And then he talks, and he talks about a farmer uh, who waits for the land to yield its valuable crop and how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains. You know, when I was stationed in North Dakota, the, uh, most of the guys that I worked with were farmers, and, and they would get their crops ready. Even in the wintertime, they would get all that ready, and they'd be prepared for the spring rains. And there were times when the rains would be uh, late in coming, and that, that just tells you how much we're dependent still on God. You can only water so much. So he talks about patience, words of encouragement. He talks about standing firm and persevering like Job in the face of suffering. But the thing that I want to look at tonight that James finishes up within this chapter is words of promise. James tells his readers not to make oaths that they are not willing to keep. How many like guys or ladies, how many of you like somebody who keeps their word? How many of you have made the mistake and not kept your word? How about this one? Will you pray for me? And then they come to you later on. Hey, I got healed. Thanks for praying for me. Whoops. Right? Anybody ever have that problem? That's why it's Stacy and I tonight. We prayed right away. I want to pray. I try to make it an effort. If somebody says I need prayer, I try to do it right then. That way I'm not the one going, oh, well, I didn't pray for you. So James tells his readers not to make oaths they aren't willing to keep. Listen to verse 12. Above all, my brothers, notice he's saying above all. He's looking at all these things. He finishes up and he says, listen, this is very important. Above all, my brothers, do not swear, not by heaven or earth or by anything else. Let your yes be yes and your no, no, and your no, no, or you will be condemned. God takes our word very seriously. How many of us have ever said, God, if you do this, I'll do this. I've heard some people say, well, God, I will only believe in you if you do this for me. Failing to follow through with our word is actually lying. We're not being honest. We're lying to them. Yep, I'll do it. Nope, I didn't do it. James again echoed the teaching of Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5, verses 34 through 37. The need to swear or make oaths beyond a simple and clear yes or no, betrays the weakness of one's word. It demonstrates that there is not enough weight in one's own character to confirm their words. David Goosey in his commentary. So again, words are important, aren't they? Following through with something. Why is that important for a believer? Because unbelievers look at us. We're to be carrying the truth. We're the ones to work all the way through and keep our word and finish what we started or say that we're going to do it. That's very important. 
I wished I had a really, really good commentary on this, but unfortunately, I don't get one. So I, other than what Gabe Goosey gave me, I was hoping it was a, a good commentary in the Bible here, but I don't have one. But see, we will not be, we will be condemned for what we fail to do. Let's go to Matthew chapter 5 here real quick. We will be condemned for what we fail to do. Matthew chapter 5, look with me in verses 33 through 37. Jesus, on the Sermon on the Mount, and most scholars will say today that this is the greatest sermon of all. Pastors still today are trying to figure out all the things that Jesus has put into the Sermon on the Mount. And I could just say anytime you read the Word, something new comes out at it, right? You get out of it. So he talks about oaths here. He says, again, you have heard that it was said to people long ago, do not break your oath, but keep the oaths you have made to the Lord. But I tell you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by earth, for it is the, his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. Simply let your yes be yes and your no, no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. Those are some very strong words. Jesus is talking about an oath, and he said in the Old Testament, if you read in the Old Testament, they'll take an oath. And if they didn't follow through with it, uh, God would judge them for it. One of those is Mephibosheth. How many of you guys have heard of Mephibosheth? So God, you know, David had, uh, uh, Mephibosheth was, the, I think, the grandson of, of Saul. And, and God, had, uh, was, God had blessed David as king, but David said that I'm going to bless somebody from the line of Saul. And, and Mephibosheth happened to be that one. So Mephibosheth said, he's going to eat at my table. I'm going to bless him. He's going to eat at my table. And, and understand, he was crippled. But to be sat at the king's table was an important thing. That meant you had all the rights of the other kids. And so David makes this, makes this uh, vow to him. He makes an oath with him. And yet David broke it later on, and God judged David for that. The land that David promised to give Mephibosheth, he took and gave to his servant. And so David was judged for that. So we need to be careful about what we say to others. Are we going to do those things? And I've been bad at it. How many of you guys have been bad at that? Come on. You say something and something happens. Now I understand life is life and things happen and, and it doesn't always work out the way we want. And, and I get that. But if you say you're going to do something or I say that I'm going to do something, we need to what? Follow through with it. If we don't think we can do it, just don't promise it. It's better to say, no, I can't do it. But that's the hard part. If you're a people pleaser like me, anybody a people pleaser? And somebody comes to you and says, hey, will you do this? Oh, yeah, 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 I'll do it. Because you want to please them, but then later on you don't follow through, then it makes you look bad and like you're not keeping your word. So he says, again, you have heard that it was said that people long ago, do not break your oath, but keep the oath you have made to the Lord. Notice he's talking about God. Don't make oaths to God that you cannot fulfill. Verse 34, but I tell you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne. I like what Jesus does. He mentions who God is here. He says, it is God's throne. You know heaven and earth is God's throne? In fact, the Bible says that he holds the universe in his hand. And they said the universe is still growing, so how big is God? 
So it's his throne. In one of the scriptures, it says, I think it's in Nahum, it says that the clouds are the dust of his feet. And the earth is his footstool. Man, that makes you think about, wow, where we stand on this? If the, if the earth is his footstool. What are the, what, I mean, have you ever been in an airplane and you look and you go, man, we look like ants down there. And yet God said that he still loves us and he gave his son for us. Then he says, for it is, for look, for he even says this, for it is his what? Footstool. Or by Jerusalem for the city of the great king. Listen, the millennial reign when it comes, Jesus is going to come back and he's going to rule from Jerusalem. And then he says, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot even make one of your hair white or black. Boy, I wish I could make some of my facial hair black or red again. I used to have some really nice red whiskers. Now they're turning white. Or, or even, how about some of us, you know, we can't even make a hair go back onto our head. <laughs> it just tells you who's really in control. Simply let your yes be yes and your no, no. Let's go back to James here. The words we speak come from what is in the heart. It really comes from what's going on in the heart. When we say things, it's coming from what is inside. And I'll, and I'll show you a scripture in that. Go with me to Luke chapter 6. And then we're going to look at Matthew. Hold your spot in here in James. Boy, I'm going to make you guys jump around. You're like, you made us go to James and we're not even reading it. Luke chapter 6 here. Look in verse 43. Luke chapter 6, verse 43, says, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. The good man brings the good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth does what? Speaks. That even goes back to your yes and your no. If we're not following through with our word, then we need to check what's going on in our heart. What do we need to change? What does God need to change? That's something else. How many of us cannot change ourselves? How many of you have tried to change yourself? And then you, you try it, and, and it's like, Romans chapter 7, the things I do, don't want to do, I, I, I don't do. And the things I do want to do, I don't do. Lord, who's going to save me from this wretched man that I am? Thank goodness for the Lord Jesus Christ. So the things that are going on in the heart, only God can deal with. You know, oftentimes God won't give spiritual gifts a lot. Of, we, we all have spiritual gifts. But those won't come to fruition until God sometimes deal with, deals with issues of the heart. I was watching uh, John Bevere. Anybody know who John Bevere is? I was watching an episode with John Bevere, and he was talking about, uh, from his book, Bait of Satan, he was talking about unforgiveness. And in that book, this, this lady, uh, she'd been praying for years for the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. We believe in that in the assemblies of God. I believe in it's not just the assemblies thing. I think it's biblical. But she was believing for it, but it wouldn't happen. Finally, John's sitting there with her, and he's praying with her. And he goes, do you have unforgiveness towards your husband? And immediately she begins to weep. And as she began to forgive him, guess what overflowed out of her mouth as she was praying? She began to speak in tongues. She had a prayer language. 
God wants to deal with the things and issues of our heart. I like what he says, no good tree bears bad fruit, and no, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. Even Jesus says, you will recognize them by their what? Their fruits. And then again, do not, people do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. The good man brings the good things out of the good stored up in his heart. Notice it says stored. How many of us have things stored up in our hearts? How do we store those things in our hearts? First of all, let me share. If you're born again tonight, you have the Holy Spirit. And what comes with the Holy Spirit are what we call the fruits of the Spirit. In fact, this is not my notes. Hold your spot here. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Look in verse 22. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit, everybody say fruit. Yeah, how many of you guys like fruit? Oh, man. Somebody said cantaloupe, right? Oh, man, mine's watermelon on a hot summer day. You know, slice, slice. You know, you don't care how messy you get. I always make sure I go outside so I can rinse myself off. Have a watermelon contest with your kids. I like peaches. I mean, do we all like fruit? Well, we want good fruit. Now, he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is this. Love, joy. Does love come out of your heart? Does it come from your speech? What do you say? How about joy? How about peace? Does peace come out from under your heart? <clears throat> Patience. Yeah. Everybody said that. All It was like all of a sudden everybody's going, Patience. That must be an issue with all of us, right? Patience is one of those tough things. Another word for patience is what we call endurance or, or long-suffering or perseverance. How about kindness? How many of us see a, a, a shortness of kindness today in our society? <clears throat> or goodness, treating people good. Or faithfulness, a, a lack of loyalty today. We need to be faithful. How many people are not faithful to the church? It starts with your relationship with God and it filters down. If you're not faithful to the to fellowship with other believers, then how, where's your faithfulness with God? Do you see it all trickles down? It's all connected. How about this one? Gentleness. Boy, God's still working on this with me. That's why he gave me three girls. It's starting to work. I still have a lot of work to go in that. How about self-control? Now, self-control can be in all kinds of different things. Maybe losing your temper, right? Or eating when you shouldn't be eating. Or, or, or overindulging in other things. It could be, pe like, I had too much pizza last night. Self-control. Against such things there is no what? Law. Again, Jesus says, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And it's from the good that's stored up in us. So that we have to cultivate those fruits. You have fruit in you, but we have to cultivate it. That means we have to practice it. That means our flesh and our spirit, they war against each other. In fact, go up here a little bit. Look in verse 16 of Galatians here. 
He says, so I say live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. So how do we act, operate in the fruits? We live by the Spirit. We walk in the Holy Spirit. Do you know you can walk in the anointing of the Holy Spirit during the day? It's like all of a sudden we get, we wake up in the morning, we go to church on Sunday, we come on Monday and we like, oh, forget about that. I just need to go about and do my own thing. I've done it, right? God wants us to be filled and walk or live in the Spirit. That's what it means, to walk with the Spirit. <clears throat> Look at verse 17. For the sinful nature, that's your flesh, desires what is contrary to the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Again, this goes back to Romans 7. Paul says, oh man, I, I, the things that I don't want to do, I do. And the things that I, I do want to do, I don't do. What's the, what's the answer to that? Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. Again, he's talking about fruit. Let's go over to Matthew chapter 12. with me in verses 33 through 37. Matthew says, he says, make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad for a tree is recognized by its fruit. Did you see that? Make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. Make means there's an action going on here, right? A verb. You can make yourself more like Jesus or you can make yourself more like what? The world. It's like junk in, junk out. What are you allowing in to your heart? What are you allowing into your mind? What are you feeding your spirit with? <clears throat> Again, he says there, verse 34, you brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that men will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. Those are strong words. They're written in red. So who wrote them? Jesus did. Now, can I tell you, the wonderful thing about this is if you're born again, if you're saved, your words have acquitted you. Now, I'm not saying that God won't bring judgment in your life, but when we, again, this is where we get this wrong, and everybody's like, oh, no, 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 I'm going to, listen, when, when you're born again and you die, you will be judged for what you did for Jesus. Do you understand? Everybody's looking at me like a deer in headlights kind of thing. We're not under the law. We're not under the law. So if you're born again tonight and you've given your life to Jesus, you're living for him, you're not going to be judged by this. You've already been judged by the words you've been for receiving Christ. You will be judged for what you did in your life for Jesus. Does that make sense? Because everybody's looking at me weird. This is not a blasphemy. This is the word. We're not under the law. But what it does tell us is that we need to still be careful about our what? Our words. We need to be careful about what we say. 
I have not always been great with my words. You know, there are times when I get frustrated. Maybe I'm at the store. Anybody ever get frustrated at the store? Am I the only one? Hallelujah. I did not say it from the pulpit this time. Somebody else did. But it's not just that store. You're busy or you're, there's crowds and there's not enough checkers, right? And you're going, come on. And you got to be somewhere. And you say something you shouldn't say. How about to your spouse? You get in an argument. And out of it comes something you shouldn't have said. That's where James, remember he talks about in James chapter 3. Can salt water flow from spring water? Out of us should be springs of water. So the good man brings the good things out of the good stored up in him. What are you storing up in your heart tonight? Can I tell you the best way to store up good things is to read this, to meditate on it, to study it. I've shared with you before, but I'm going to share with you again. The word meditation, the literal meaning that the Jews had for that was a cow chewing cud. Now, I'm not a rancher. Is it four stomachs? Who has cows? It's four stomachs, right? I have one stomach. They have four. And I've heard that, yeah, grass has nutrients, but it doesn't have a lot in it. So they have to chew it. My wife loves this word. She's in here tonight. They chew it, they swallow it, and they regurgitate it. We, and I've shared with you, it's, to us, that would be like acid reflux, right? But they do that, and then they chew it again. The reason why they use that as an analogy is we're supposed to take the Word, study the Word, chew the Word, get it into our heart and into our mind and mutter it or speak it out loud until it becomes a part of us, until we start operating in it and acting. That's why James later on says, or early on, he says, don't just be listeners of the Word, but be doers of the Word. The more we fill our heart and our mind with it, the more our mind is renewed with the Word of God, the more we're going to practice those things. The Spirit and the Word, they work together. So the good man brings the good things out of the good stored up in him, and the evil man brings things out of the evil stored up in him. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. What are you speaking during the week? What are you saying? When things aren't going your way, what do you say? What words come from your mouth? Let's go back to James. <clears throat> so James, both passages deal with the person and what is in their heart. If the tree is good, good things will come from it. The words you will say will either acquit you or condemn you. Now listen to Proverbs 18.21 as you're back in the book of James here. Look what it says. The tongue has the power of what? Life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Remember, we're talking about keeping oaths, but it really comes down to lying, keeping your word. Guys, let me tell you how important words are. We were talking about this this morning, or, or not this morning, a little bit ago before service started, that in the Tower of Babel, first, let's, let's look at it this way. How did God create the heavens and the earth? He did what? He spoke. There's something about our words that are important. God's first communication was speech to Adam and Eve. The Tower of Babel, what happened? 
They came together in one accord, and what was it that God had to confuse? Their speech. On the day of Pentecost, they came together again in unity, but not for evil purposes, but for godly purposes. And what did God do? He touched their speech, right? Cloven tongues appeared on them, and they spoke in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. There's something about our speech that's very important. Even this morning, the scripture I shared with you, Mark chapter 11, where it says, speak to them out and be picked up, cast and see, and do not doubt in your heart, but believe what you say, and it will come to pass. There's something about our words that are important. It's that old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, is a lie. Because I can get a broken bone and it can mend, but somebody can say something hurtful to me and it can last a lifetime. I, I, you know, I probably could take a survey to, tonight and, find, and ask you the one thing that was hurtful that was said over to you as a kid, and you probably could still remember it. I'll never, and I've shared this with you, I will never forget my, uh, my uh, first grade teacher saying, I, I would have held you back another year if I could have. You're just dumb. My teacher called me that, stupid and dumb. Now, what does that do to a kid? <clears throat> That's words. Our words have life and death in them. Now, look at this. Not only do they have life and death, but those who love it will eat its fruit. You and I will reap the consequences of what we say. We will eat the fruit of it. If you ever said something you shouldn't have and you can't put it back, we, we do that with our kids. We do the toothpaste thing. You ever done that with your kids? You take toothpaste, you squeeze it out, and make them try to shove it back into there. Do you, do you ever try to do that? I tried to do that with glue the other day. Don't do it with glue because it starts getting really sticky when you try to do that. And you try to squeeze it to see if it'll suck. You can't get it all back in. Words are like taking a nail and hammering it into a board. You can pull that nail back out, but what's left in the board? A hole. So the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. We will eat or reap the fruit of the things that we say. So be careful what you say. Again, James deals a lot with the tongue in here. He not only dealt with it in chapter 3, but he's dealing with it here again about keeping your yes, yes, and your no, no. Do you know God keeps his yeses? This is not in my notes, but go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. <clears throat> Actually, we'll start in verse 17. He says, when I plan this, did I do it lightly or do I make my plans in worldly manners so that in the name, in the same breath, I say yes, yes, and no, no. So Paul is talking to the Corinthians. He's talking about yes and no. He's talking about the message that they preach to them, that Jesus is yes. Verse 18, but as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him it has always been what? Yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. What's that say? God keeps his word, doesn't he? People that question, is God really going to follow through? Yes, he will, because he's God. If God says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. Is Jesus really coming back? Yes, he is. I don't know when that's going to happen, but it's going to happen one of these days. And I'll, I won't even have to say, I told you so. They'll just know it. Right? 
there's times when you, do you ever think that in my, oh, I don't, no, that's wrong because I want them to go to heaven with me. Lord, forgive me. But anyways, you know, that's just the way my brain works. God keeps his promises. If God has spoken promises over your life, he keeps his word. And so if God keeps his word, should we keep our word? Yeah, because he's our example. Now, again, we're not perfect. How many of us are perfect tonight? Man, I want to learn from you. There's a difference between being righteous and blameless and perfect. Blameless means that you walk before God. You're right standing with God, but it doesn't mean you're perfect. We're still going to make mistakes. We're still going to make mistakes in this. Thank goodness for the forgiveness of Jesus. So God keeps his promises. Let's go back to James here. Let's read it again. Above all, my brothers, do not swear, verse 12, not by heaven or by earth or anything else. Notice he says by anything else. We will reap the consequences of what we say. So what we say says a lot about our standing with God. Look at what Galatians 6, 7 says. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 5. I wanted to say anything else. I know we're jumping around a lot tonight, but this is good. Now, Ecclesiastes is one of those books that's hard to find sometimes. It's right after Proverbs. So Ecclesiastes chapter 5, look at me in verses 1 through 7. King Solomon wrote this in... He was the, one of the wisest men of all time. We, we still read his Proverbs, right? He says this in verse 1, Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. Go near, rather, go near to listen rather than to offer sacrifice of fools who do not know what they do wrong. Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth, so let your words be few. When you pray, how, mu- how many of us talk a lot when we pray? <laughs> We're going, something's going on in your life, you're like, Lord, help me, right? And, but he's saying here, man, when you go before God, let your words be few. Jesus even talks about that. Don't go babbling on like the pagans do. How many of us take the time to actually listen? That's why James even said, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, Right? How many of us are slow to speak? If you're a talker, it's hard. If you're quiet, that's not a problem. And if you're quiet, the person likes to talk a lot wonders if there's something wrong with you. And vice versa, right? I'm just speaking the truth, right? We're just, you got what you call an introvert and an extrovert. An extrovert can talk to about anything. When I was a kid, I talked to toilet paper. It's true. My mom said that. But some, some people are quiet. Sometimes the people that are quiet, sometimes it's better because their words are what? Few. So he says, do not be quick in your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth, so let your words be few. As a dream comes when there are many cares, so the speech of a fool when there are many words. 
man, I've got a lot to learn. Look at verse 4. When you make a vow to God, do not delay in fulfilling it. He has no pleasure in fools. Fulfill your vow. It is better not to vow than to make a vow and not fulfill. That's why Jesus said, don't even swear by heaven or by earth. Because most of the times we don't keep our promises to God. You know what that says too? We need to give allowances for other people when they don't keep their promises because how many times have we not kept our promise? Did you ever get upset because somebody didn't show up when they were supposed to? And then we find out later on it was something serious or there was something that they had, they couldn't make it. So we need to show grace. Verse six, do not let your mouth lead you into sin. <laughs> Boy, I wonder how many times that's happened for me. And do not protest the, the, to the temple messenger. My vow was a mistake. Why should God be angry at what you say and destroy the work of your hands? Much dreaming and many words are meaningless. Therefore, stand in awe of God. He ends with that, a reverential fear of God. Again, if you're going to make a vow before God, just don't do it. Right? God, I'll do this for you, and you don't fulfill it. Your words are important. Our words are important. He says, therefore, stand in awe of God. We've got to remember that there is a God that we're going to give an account to. Let's go back to James, and we're going to finish here. Because that's the end of not only my slides, but I want to finish with this. Go back with me to the book of James here. Let's read it again. And I want to go to chapter 3, something we've already gone over on purpose. Again, he's talking about our words and keeping our words. And when we don't, we're lying. Above all, my brothers, do not swear by swear not by heaven or by earth or anything else. Let your yes be yes and your no, no, or you will be condemned. So let's go with me to chapter 3. Why am I repeating it? Because I want you to see something here. Let's read chapter 3 real quick. Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. Notice he's talking about his words. When we put bits in the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great force is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and itself is set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals and birds and reptiles and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man. But no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not what be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Again, from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. What, what is James saying there? That we need to see if whatever's coming out of our mouth, we need to check to see does it line up with the relationship that we have with God. You get angry, what do you say? 
What words come from your mouth? Somebody makes you mad. What do you say? Amen. Don, Don said, Lord, help me. That should be our prayer. Lord, help me. When, when things don't go our way, what do we say? When, when, when we need healing, but it's not happening, what do we say? Do we say, oh, it's never going to happen? Does God really heal? Do you see how powerful our words are? They're very important. And I don't think we focus enough on them. I don't think we think about them. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth, what? Speaks. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I'm as, I'm as guilty as anybody else of not watching my words. And Lord, you said we will reap what we sow. Father, forgive us for the times that we have not been careful with our words. Forgive us, Lord, when we've made an oath before you and not fulfilled it. Or made an oath to somebody else that, and promised that we would do something and we didn't follow through. Lord, I believe that as the scripture says, we're to be in awe of you, that you take that very seriously. Or Jesus when it said that we will be condemned by our words or acquitted by our words. Father, help us as believers to remember that our words have meaning. And our words can wound or bring healing. You said to only say those things for which are building up and not tearing down. God, help us to say those things which build others up instead of tearing them down. And forgive us for the times that we have. And God, help us to give grace and forgiveness to those that have made mistakes in this. For we ourselves have done it. Lord, help us take the plank out of our own eye before we take the speck of sawdust out of our brother's eye. And I pray that for every one of us here tonight, including myself. Please help us to follow through, to put your word into practice, to be doers of the word, to cultivate the fruits of the spirit, to, Lord, make the good fruit by cultivating those fruits and practicing them. And God, when we've said something we shouldn't have or didn't follow through, Lord, let us say that we are sorry and apologize. And I pray that for all of us tonight in the mighty name of Jesus and everybody said, amen. Thank you for coming tonight. God bless you. May the Lord's face shine upon you. See, those are good words, aren't they? Everybody likes those words. Have a good evening. We'll see you this next Wednesday.